Hey, this is Jenny, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. So follow me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Results in a Month. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at Jenny Hale, H-A-L-E. My website is www.jhmarketingresults.com. I hope my experiences really inspire you guys and you find something relatable in both my marketing story and in the campaign and cause work that I advocate for. Good luck on your journey and reach out if you have any questions on marketing or how you can help change the world. Jenny? Hey, what's up? Not much. Excited for this. Definitely. Oh, so wasn't wasn't too difficult. Not at all. Cool, cool. We've been having some technical delays with it, so I'm glad that things were smooth. No just, just go around. Yeah. Well, so will this like will you get this recording and then edit it from there? Yeah. And okay. I, I do a very light edit. Um, so okay, cool. It's pretty much everything we discussed. We'll we'll just go from there. Okay, cool, awesome. All right. So, um, like, I'll probably just edit this part out. I usually don't, but um, yeah, the flow of it was a little weird. So we'll just um start over. <laughs> yeah, we'll just start over. So yeah, we're about to just have a good good conversation like we like we have in the past so we're Great. gonna go um i'll let you introduce yourself and then after i have um i have um i have uh one other part that i need to talk with you about but we'll just talk about that off camera off podcast so okay great okay okay so i'll i'll just get into it and mm-hmm. I'll let you introduce yourself. Great. Awesome. Because I'm horrible at intros. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Are you going to do your own little like intro, like welcome to the podcast. I have Jenny Hale with me and then give me like the go ahead or do you just yeah. want me to go? No, no, no. I'm going to do my own and then okay. I'm going to, I'm waiting to like a certain second mark so I can remember. Okay. Well, I'm about to go. Trep Life and Trep Stars. Welcome back. We have another exciting episode as we continue that climb for 50 episodes. I don't know what episode this will be, but I know I'm excited because we have uh, someone that recently met, but feel like I've known for a while now because <laughs> of our camaraderie. We have the one and only Jenny Hale with us. Jenny, tell the people about yourself and thank you for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, it was like instant best friends once we started talking. So I'm really excited to meet your audience and share a little bit about what we both do and what we're both really passionate about. We've got a lot in common. Um, So I'm Jenny and I am a marketing and visibility consultant for online entrepreneurs. And my specialty is really 
building viral worthy awareness campaigns for entrepreneurs that believe that their bigger purpose is beyond just making a dollar and actually giving back to the world and their own communities and creating real impact and changing lives. So I work with entrepreneurs that also use their online platforms to bring awareness to various causes and advocacy efforts that they truly believe in. Um, one of the things that I really care about is domestic violence, and I'm a domestic violence survivor. So I use my business as a platform to encourage other entrepreneurs to be vocal about the causes that they believe in as well and to raise awareness as well. That's awesome. And audience, let me just tell you this right now. Um, I've had marketing strategies. I've been labeled as, you know, someone who knows their stuff, a guru, I, the word genius has even been tossed around in my direction, which I am uh, grateful for. But when you talent recognizes talent, and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, Jenny most definitely is a marketing genius. You can just from the conversations when you talk with her and you're going to hear that throughout the podcast. It's different. There's there's levels to this. Um, and some people just are that. So. Wonderful insights, wonderful spirit. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really passionate about what I do. And I believe in doing marketing in a different way. You know, I'm the person that has hired all the coaches. I'm the person that's uh, read all the blogs. I've done all the research. I went to school for it. I've been practicing it in corporate, nonprofit, and entrepreneurial environments for a very long time. And I have absorbed all of that information and pieced all the little bits together of what worked and what didn't and really landed on marketing in what I would consider a very different way. And I do it through event-based marketing. So what I feel is that when you are building a business, you have various stages that your audience is in. You know, they're new to your audience, they're cold, then you're kind of warming them up through your content and through your engagement. And then you have some people in your audience that just need a little bit of um, convincing or the right offer to come into play before they're like, yes, I've been following you. I get you. You get me. I want to purchase. And so you've got all these different stages of the sales cycle going on. And I learned really quickly that the best way to position yourself as a thought leader, as an influencer, as a person that really was an expert was to get in front of your audience in ways where they felt like there was an actual interaction and bond taking place where they got that personalized experience that they were looking for to be able to really make the decisions to purchase from you down the road or in that moment. So I started building campaign style marketing events where we really focused on building multiple events online, such as Twitter chats, contests, live series of like interviews, um, webinars, where the audience really got to know you over a short period of time in all of these different capacities where there's really two-way communication and not necessarily just through content, although that's the foundational piece. And you get in front of them on camera, you get in front of them 
where they're able to ask you questions back and forth and they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm part of this. I am invested in this person. This person's giving me the value that I really was looking for. Therefore, they kind of move along that sales cycle a lot faster. The cold people become warmer faster and the warmer people get to the part where they're like, okay, I'm really ready to purchase now. And the people that are ready to purchase are really ready to go that extra step. And so that's really what I do by creating online event-based marketing. And I found that there is a little bit of a difference in the way other people were marketing and the way I marketed. I marketed in a way where the end goal wasn't necessarily to make a sale. The end goal was to really create that relationship and create that impact and to educate and to build awareness and to create the platform for the conversation to start versus being the person that said, I'm the best. I'm the person you should buy for. You should buy for me like this convincing thing. Um, instead, I really build the audience in a way that we all come together in a collaborative way so that we can build a community together versus um I'm in charge. I should tell you what to do. I'm the best at doing this, blah, 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 blah. Instead, I let the audience share their opinions, um, get involved, feel like they are part of the of the community, which they are. We're building a, a really a small community of like-minded people, and you're just hosting the platform for that amazingness to happen on um, versus spending your entire day trying to get people to buy from you through a single social media post. So it's a little bit of a different angle and strategy. Um, and it's, it's what I have found the audience really enjoys the most. They're like, wow, you're really here to help. You're really here to build awareness. You're really here to change lives. You're not here for the wrong reasons. You're here for the right reasons. And I do believe that that is really important in being an entrepreneur is that you're giving back in other ways. And um, that's really the foundation of what I do. I build these online events and I really like to work with entrepreneurs who have a cause or an advocacy-based reason for why they're in business or that they really care about that their business supports. And we work to build awareness to those causes and you get to be a part of the community for change and building that community for change. Absolutely. So let's back up a little bit here. Define, give us your definition of marketing. I think marketing is building relationships with an audience that provides them value. They see something in you that helps them reach their goals. And if you can do that, I believe you've been successful at, bar at marketing. What do you think most people's definition of marketing is? The best way to get a sale <laughs> and convincing people to get that sale. Um, and I do believe that when you, so I approach marketing, I've always said it's um, that I market in a public relations way. So my background's in PR, my background's in media, and I often use organic marketing to really build more of a PR strategy. And that's what I feel is the difference between me and a lot of people who are quote unquote marketing experts. Um, when I build a marketing plan, it's usually based on creating a community with relationships. It's a PR approach to marketing, as I say. And one of the big things that I think a lot of people miss in their marketing is they have the strategy in place. For example, they're like, I'm going to go live on Monday at 3 p.m. And they put it in their little notebook and they say, okay, reminder to myself, I'm going to go live on Monday.
and then they go live on Monday. And, you know, there's very few people that show up to the broadcast there, you know, they kind of just winged it on. Um, there wasn't really a plan in place. So that, yeah, they're marketing on the live broadcast. They're saying like, Hey, I'm so-and-so, this is the great value I'm providing. Look at all these cool facts and, and tips that I can offer. And then at the end there may, they might even be pitching a, a paid product or service. But what they often forget is the fact that there was a whole marketing strategy that needed to happen so that you had viewers at that live broadcast, so that you had people watching that replay, that people knew that you were even going live. So a lot of people in business fail to market the marketing, as I say. So they built the marketing strategy, but they forget the promotion aspect of getting people to join the marketing strategy. Um, you know, they forgot to send an email out to their list telling them that they're going live. They forgot to create a Facebook event in their group or on their Facebook page. They forgot to post about the fact that they were going live more than 45 minutes before they went live. Um, they forgot to write an Instagram story or go live on Instagram and promote that they're going Facebook live and get that audience to move over to platform. So I just think I market in a way that's more um, cohesive, like the whole marketing strategy makes sense. You know, it's a wheel and all the pieces connect to each other and, and nothing ends up getting left out because there's a full strategy and plan in place. And it's beyond just how do I get people to buy stuff? It's all about how do I build a community? So you said something very interesting when you gave your definition of what you think other people perceive marketing as, and it was about just getting the sales. So how do you feel about sales? I think sales are necessary for any business. Um, but I do feel in the online space, sales have um, become a different, a different approach. Um, I have talked, I talked a little bit about this just a few weeks ago, you know, when you're building relationships online, I've really seen a big trend toward bots or automated um, messages in my, you know, Instagram stories or Instagram messenger, or even my Twitter direct message, or sometimes even from Facebook groups in messenger on Facebook, where it's really like, hi, thanks for connecting with me here's a link to my freebie, go download it. And as a new person that has no idea who you are and just followed you because they liked something you saw, I do believe that that kind of ruins uh, a relationship from the get-go. And I think the sales piece of marketing needs to be tweaked. In maybe the online space and perhaps maybe even off the online space, we seem to have lost focus on building communities and building relationships and trying to be of genuine value first before pitching people or trying to send them to a freebie. Um, I think that that is all important information, but I think where we as online entrepreneurs ha have really created is this fear of, I don't want people to message me because if people are messaging me, I know at the end of it, I'm going to get pitched. So we've actually lost a lot of that networking that's vital for building a relationship because we've trained our audience to be fearful of outreach. And that shouldn't be the case. It should really be leading with value and leading with networking. And if it happens to be the right opportunity or the right person or the right um, need that they have that you can solve, then comes the sales part or the pitch or the conversation about how you can help them. But what I've noticed, especially on a lot of social media platforms, is this is why people get ghosted. 
um, because we've trained our audience to be totally afraid of responding to a message and uh, questioning a general message about, hey, let's just get to know each other or let's really talk because those coffee chats are actually disguised as sales calls and things like that. We really ruined a lot of the trust in the online space for building connections. And that's a shame. And I really do think that that's a responsibility of entrepreneurs to really work toward going back to the idea of building a community, building those relationships, and then asking for the sale. Definitely. Okay. So I want to kind of take us a little bit back again as well. I keep saying that I need to get new catchphrases, but anyways. um, So in terms of when you started your marketing career, did you feel like um, your degree, everything that you learned in college prepared you for marketing? Because from what I remember, it was almost like a changing of the era because we came about during the genesis of social media. Yeah, um, it was a little bit different back then. I mean, I'm looking at starting a company you know, almost 10 years ago, it's when I first started in business. And honestly, the biggest thing that I remember was, you know, we would read in our textbook, hey, use social media. And I get that a lot. I I see a lot of that vague language being used even by um, coaches or bloggers, you know, five steps to creating a business. One, use social media. Well, what does that mean? And I like, you know, that's what my textbooks were saying, use social media. And so I really went on social media as like, well, this is what everybody says to do. And at that time, algorithms were so different. And oh, so one totally of the things, different. oh, totally different. Like, so like, day, like we probably actually need to come up with a new term because that's how <laughs> different really they are. I don't even think so, they're algorithms anymore. They're, they're something else. It's totally different than it was two years ago, five years ago, you know, 10 years ago. And so that has really changed and the books can't keep up. Um, A lot of business owners struggle to keep up. And what I did for really five years of my career was study the algorithm, especially on Facebook. That was something I was really, really passionate about. And I would run these numbers. I'd collect this data. I'd make these charts. I'd look at these trends. And that's actually how I became so successful in business. I was really running my business by looking at data and figuring out what the trends were. And then I was adapting these trends to various Facebook pages of all sizes, from pages with 100,000 followers to pages with 300 followers to newbie pages. And I started to see these trends. And that's when I realized the event marketing was more successful because you could boost the algorithm by getting a large community to get on board with an event at one period of time. And it would push that content out to even further audience members. And that was important, especially when you weren't paying for ads. So it really is, it's night and day now. And the algorithm is getting harder and harder to work with. And it's getting harder and harder to work with on all social media platforms, especially Facebook, all of them. It's not just Facebook anymore. But I'm really glad that that was the foundation that I had and the foundation I used to start my business because I had to learn, you know, various tricks and tips and hacks of like, how do I get my content to be seen by more people by playing by the algorithm's rules? And I still see entrepreneurs using social media in a way that's most convenient to them and not necessarily what's most convenient to the platform. For example, say you have 
a YouTube station and you upload your videos to YouTube as, you know, part of your marketing strategy. YouTube's an incredible platform. It's so powerful. But what I see a lot of entrepreneurs do is then they take their YouTube video link and then they go and post it on the Facebook page. Well, Facebook algorithm is known for not liking links. So when you do that... And especially YouTube links. Exactly. Which is their direct competitor. Right. So they immediately kill your organic reach. Like immediately. So I see a lot of people doing this. Well, like I'm going to market this way and this is easier. And look at how I'm marketing across all the platforms. Well, actually you're hurting your organic reach and you're hurting your ability to get seen by your audience because you're not playing by the platform's unique rules. If you had gone live with the exact same content that you went on YouTube with or took the video recording from YouTube and at least uploaded it into Facebook separately, I mean, you're still going to lower your reach over a live, but in general, you're going to have more success and more people are going to see your content. And it's just very little things um, that a lot of entrepreneurs are missing out on by not understanding the rules of marketing, the rules of each social media platform separately, and really by not driving that traffic to each of those recordings that you're doing, because you're putting all this work into making a recording and then you're not actually marketing it. So nobody's seeing it. So a lot of things can be fixed or adjusted with campaign style marketing, where there is an actual cohesive marketing strategy around each of those things. Um, And when you use those things to bring awareness and education to things that can really impact lives, that's when you have the opportunity to potentially go viral or reach hundreds of thousands of people or reach millions of people. And that's our, that's one of the big goals of being in marketing is did we create something that people actually wanted to watch or people actually wanted to read or people actually wanted to be a part of? Um, that's when I see success. I measure marketing success by engagement. And you can have a bajillion shares, you can have a billion clicks, But if at the end of the day, those clicks or those shares don't lead to actual ROI or impact or change, then really, I don't believe you were that successful. So like just when I'm just roughly looking um, on the surface level, right, I, I care mostly about comments. I would agree. Comments are really important. That's where the engagement comes from to me because it's. It's not, and this is why I hate when people complain about, like, if someone sends you a page request to like their business, unless they're fundamentally, like, your values are fundamentally opposed to theirs, just like the page. It's not a big deal. It it does nothing negative for you. So a like is not a big deal. Hitting the share button is not a big deal. It takes a second. But to put together... Uh, anything a meaningful comment that might take some time for some people, right? Absolutely. And then you have to literally watch the content, and then maybe you're processing it if it resonated with you. So that's where I think the where you can kind of really tell what's going on with people and what their impact is like. And then, furthermore, like if that person is. If you're engaging with them, if there's an interaction there, they comment, you're responding to them, and then you carry on a conversation, then you have something. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the relationship being built. And, you know, I was talking with somebody on LinkedIn the other day who 
the big controversy, and this is probably going to date this episode, but the big controversy around whether or not Instagram is going to remove likes and how they're doing oh, yes. trial periods in other countries where they're removing the likes from the they're out in Canada. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to happen and why it's a vanity number. Liking somebody else's post is like the laziest thing you could do. It's like, I acknowledge you exist, but it doesn't do anything. And honestly, it's not doing much for the algorithm either. Comments are gold. And why are comments gold? Because if you can get somebody to take the time to actually comment on something, then you have a direct link to build that relationship, to engage with them, to sell to them, to send them to a link of something like your freebie after you've had a whole conversation with them. So those are the opportunities where you did the work to get the engagement, you did the work to build the relationship, and now you're providing them the value. And that is that is a measurement of success. In my eyes, I see a like as something that really doesn't matter much. You can have 2,000 likes on a post and it doesn't matter unless you have you know X amount of comments underneath and it's actually resonating with your audience. And I do believe that that's why campaign style marketing is so different because the entire intention is to stop liking stuff. The entire intention is to build a community of people who are so passionate about something, just like you are, that they want to comment. They want to get involved and they want to share their story. They want to share their opinion. They want to share their experiences and they want to share the education that they have too and their own resources. Um, you know, that's why partnerships with other companies are so important or partnerships with other entrepreneurs or nonprofits are so vital because. Everybody can share resources to an audience member that's now really invested in this in this effort. And that is um, really what I love to do. I'm actually hosting a campaign for the month of October for domestic violence. That's something near and dear to my heart. It's something I really, really am passionate about. And so we are hosting a campaign. I've got um, a lot of, of really great partners coming in um, from alternative holistic healing methods. Jenny, are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Okay, you came back. Okay, I was about to cancel. And... Where'd you drop? Where'd I drop out? You dropped I can... like two minutes ago. Oh my gosh, really? Okay, yeah. what was I saying? So you were just talking about the campaign. Okay, can I start over on the campaign and then edit out? Yeah. Okay, dang it. I wonder what stopped it. I wonder if I had a message come through. Maybe. Maybe you got a text or something like that. Like our Facebook video chats where a message comes through and it drops me out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Starting over. And pause. <laughs> <laughs> and pause for editing. Nah, yeah. Just hit it organically. Yeah, it happens with the app. A little anchor app. Okay. No worries. Start over. But yeah, we're, we're very 
interested in your campaign. So it's fascinating, riveting. So actually, that's one of the things I'm doing next month is building out a campaign for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. That's in October. So as a domestic violence survivor, it's obviously something that's a pretty foundational piece of my business and my story. So I am partnering with a whole bunch of really amazing experts from those who do alternative holistic therapy and healing methods, all the way to trauma coaches who are going to talk about red flags and things you can watch out for. Also with experts who really talk publicly about how family members and friends and coworkers and people that are not necessarily domestic violence survivors, but people who are involved in their lives can help and be supported. The things to say, the things not to say, um, all of those types of things, and also some really great ways on how to heal after domestic violence. And that's really the important thing, how to build a community of people who are ready and so excited to heal and move on past uh, trauma, abuse, um, whatever it may be. So that's going to be the campaign next month. We're going to have a lot of Facebook Live series of interviews with these experts. We're going to host a Twitter chat on October 24th, where we're going to have everybody come on Twitter and we're going to ask some questions and let people who are survivors, supporters, advocates, entrepreneurs who have experience with domestic violence, people who just want to learn more about it, or who want to share resources, come on and really talk through some of the things that are happening in our society and share those resources and experiences, make new friends, um, build an online support system. And we're also going to host a submission-based contest where you get to work with a lot of these experts if you win, you know, through various services that they provide um, for free. Um, we're going to have you submit your story or experience. We're going to have a topic for that. So really great ways to get involved, learn about domestic violence, share your story, share your resources and experience and come together as, an, as a community to really build awareness and impact people's lives about healing and really working through a lot of trauma. I'm definitely somebody who has experienced trauma from domestic violence. I have PTSD and I wanted to build a campaign that really let people know, hey, you're not alone. I felt alone and we're all here for you and we all get it. I think that's so important. The aspects that you're healing on, especially about the healing. Yeah, that's really the big thing. Um, yeah. Everybody that I talked to when I first was you know, in the midst of it was um, you know, a lot of focus on, you know, your safety and, and finding a way to, to get out of the situation. But once I got out, I felt like I didn't have a lot of tools to be able to work through some of the things that occurred because I had experienced it. Um, you know, I, I didn't know how to cope with PTSD. I didn't know how to cope with the flashbacks. I didn't know how to cope with trauma. I, really struggled to move on. And so I really, I'm not healed. I wouldn't say that I'm at the point yet where I'm healed completely from, you know, domestic violence or trauma, but I am at a point where I've invested a lot of my time into personal development. I've invested a lot of time and money into getting the support that I needed. Um, and I felt that that was really important in the healing process, which is, it really is, it's a process. And I would love to be able to build a community and bring in some experts to help other people 
learn about some other tools that they could potentially take advantage of or learn about or resources that they have experienced or things that they've tried and done that could help somebody else in a similar situation. Really, the goal is to bring together a community of people who really get it. And creating a system of empowerment and empathy surrounding. Absolutely. Absolutely. We really want to bring awareness to domestic violence for the month and to help people heal from it. And yeah, it's a community where you're safe, where it's okay, where it took me a long time to figure out, do I tell people about this? Like, what, you know, do I, you know, I was at the point where I, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to tell the truth. And now I'm at the point where I believe that by talking about it and by being public about it, I'm able to impact more lives. And so that's why I made it a big part of my business and a big part of to bring awareness to these issues. We take a lot of shame away from society issues when we speak about them. Staying silent, I learned, wasn't the right answer for me. Um, I really found that I was able to help more people by sharing my story. And so that's where my campaign and my business stems from. I'm, I want to be a voice and I'm going to help other people find their voice to heal as well. And one of the um, really moving things that you shared with me about your process is that you were talking about how you had the financial means to lead the situation and kind of restart your life and how you know that there are other people who don't. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, you know, I I was working full time at at the start of my experience and I had started to squirrel away money to be able to leave the situation. And I'm very lucky that I had that opportunity. And I know a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And so what I really want to share with the world is how everybody is at different points in their experience with trauma. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten messages from people who say like, I am living out of my car right now because I'm on the run. And I, I empathize completely with that. I know what it feels like to run. Um, but I also want to build a community of people who feel like, Hey, it's safe to private message the people that are experts in this um, campaign and talk with them privately about some ways that they can cope, that they can follow their social media accounts, which of course have tips and advice for healing um, and, and take advantage of learning about new ways and new resources to, to learn about moving on after life, after domestic violence. It's not easy. Um, and I'm always learning, you know, am I joining a support group at the shelter? Am I going to therapy? Am I trying this, you know, meditative strategy? Am I doing affirmations? Like everybody's path is so different. What I really want to build with this campaign is how um, there's lots of different ways that people heal. And I would really like people to come in and share how some of the things that they've tried have worked for them. It might spark some ideas in somebody else. How important do you think the um, financial or economic side of domestic violence is to the whole uh, coping process? 
I think it's tough. You know, I'm, I'm not an expert in domestic violence, um, but from the experiences that have been shared with me, the experiences I've gone through, it is tough. Um, it's, I, you know, I've done the research and seen that finances are a big reason why a lot of women or men, I mean, it can happen to either, either group, um, experience domestic violence and then stay in, in, in the situation. Um, you know, my situation was a little bit different and I was able and fortunate to be able to get out rather quickly. Um, but yeah, it, it was a financial impact to do so. It was a financial decision to do so. And it was not easy. Um, but what I did do from it is build a business um, and focus more on entrepreneurship as part of that income moving forward. And that has been something that was a huge risk. It was a huge risk, but Jenny, hello. Oh boy, did I lose you again? No, no, you're good. You're good. We're back. Where was I? Out for a couple of seconds. Okay. You were just saying it was a huge financial. Risk. It was, yeah. So it was a huge financial risk to go into entrepreneurship, and um, I'm really glad that I did it because it has really opened my eyes and it's given me a purpose to go and help other people. And I think that's was the best decision for me, but it doesn't mean that that's the best decision for everybody. So this campaign will be um, focused on anybody who is an entrepreneur, but it's also focused for anybody who has experienced abuse or seen it through a family member or friend and just wants to come in and learn and talk about healing and some of the strategies to help you do so. Awesome. I have a question for you and don't, you can feel free to say no comment or pass on the question. Right. Um, but my question is what constitutes a domestic violence expert? I've never understood that. So, I mean, obviously there are domestic violence survivors, those people who have had experience with it. Um, I am not trained in domestic violence um, intervention. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. Um, those are the people that I go to to learn how to cope and heal and talk through my trauma. I obviously go to doctors for that type of information. Um, but as a survivor, I can speak on my experience and I can speak on um, what I have done to work through the trauma and work on healing after. And that's where this campaign really comes from. It's from a place of, we get it too. Uh, the people that I am partnering with are experts. They're either doctors or they are people that have experienced trauma. So it's just a place to come to get information, um, take it with a grain of salt. You can take it or leave it, but it's a safe place for you to come and have the conversation about healing after trauma and after abuse. And obviously we're all going to say, consult your local doctor or, or right. therapist. Or additional. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I asked that question because I feel like if you haven't been in that situation, I can't necessarily, I, I don't, value your input as much as someone who who has had that experiences so I just don't feel like you can study 
domestic violence and then I'm calling you an expert, but it's not something that you have actually been through and cope with and gone through the healing process of. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really interesting point because it's something that I have approached in my own healing process and especially working with various doctors or therapists who may not have experienced trauma themselves. Sometimes they don't always have the best answer. And I have, I've, I've done enough self-awareness and personal development work to notice when I'm not open to what that individual has said and that it's the wrong decision for me at that time. Um, and I'm able to take and leave even sometimes what the doctors are recommending as part of that healing process. So I've done that on a personal note, just because I can tell that that's not the right, you know, action for me to take. Um, and I know my body and I know my own, um, I know my own strengths and weaknesses, but one of the things that I felt really strongly about when building this campaign was that I brought in people who had experience with abuse or domestic violence, either themselves or they had done a lot of client work. I wasn't bringing in people who had never um, dealt with or worked with somebody who had domestic violence or abuse in their background. Um, I really focused on bringing people together who were survivors and who used that to create businesses where they help other survivors in other different ways too, not just domestic violence, but that they right. had some sort of connection to domestic violence before I brought them into this campaign. So that was something that I felt really strongly about. And that's something that I'm really bringing into this campaign with the people that are partnering with me. Um, so um, for the, the, the campaign is really just focused on healing from people who have actually experienced it and are in the midst and some aspect of their trauma right yeah so it's not about because some campaigns i know are targeted at um like folk they they almost focus on the the uh abusers more than they focus on the healing of the victims yeah, so I felt like with Domestic Violence Awareness Month being in October, there was already a conversation online about various aspects and awareness on DV. And I wanted to be a part of that conversation um, from a different perspective. And one of the things I currently am focused mostly on in my own recovery is healing. And so it's something that really matters to me. It's something that I was really passionate about. And it was a common trend and in the threads that I was reading online and in some of the other conversations I've had with survivors as well, you know, I'm in the healing process right now. What are some of the things I'm not an expert on healing? Like I said, I'm not totally right. healed yet, but I'm working through the process and I've learned a lot about myself in that process. I, I'm feeling better in that process. Hello, Jenny that helped survivors right then and there and gave them ideas and support that they need to continue to move on. I, I, I like your campaign more than I can like respond to others because it's, it's not, it seems that you're, you're definitely doing it for the right reasons. 
um, your experiences with it. It's culminating into something that's grassroots and fantastic and very inclusive. And a lot of campaigns now just seem like they have domestic violence campaigns in particular seem like they have hidden agendas. And this isn't that at all. So it's one of the things that I truly believe in when I build campaigns. You know, when I work with entrepreneurs, I really want to make sure that they're not running a campaign because it's going to be quote unquote good for their business or good for their image. You know, I really run campaigns with entrepreneurs who already have something in their business that talks about this cause. They're donating a portion of their sales to charity. They are, you know, relating to the cause that they are advocating for either from personal experience or they know somebody or there's some, there's a big giant why for being in business. I feel like it can come off inauthentic if it's just something you do because you feel like it. Um, so I believe in running campaigns and bringing awareness to causes and advocacy efforts when they are linked to the right reasons and they are already a part of your company's goals already. Um, a pop-up campaign for no apparent reason would come off inauthentic to me. And that would be something that I wouldn't morally feel comfortable um, building a strategy around. So I really work with entrepreneurs who already have this as their foundation. For example, they are creating eco-friendly products for the environment. That's their business. So one of their campaigns would be bringing awareness to zero waste or bringing awareness to plastic free or bringing awareness to sustainability. It's already a root um, piece of their business. And therefore, it's completely authentic when they bring additional awareness to that cause. Um, I'm, I 110% agree with you on that because it, it, I, I think there are so many campaigns going on right now that just from out the gate, they appear as as inauthentic. Yeah, it's it's a huge problem. And it's something that I really um, advocated for in, in the corporate sector is, you know, a campaign shouldn't be about us promoting something to other people. It should really be about our audience members sharing their experiences and how our product or service relates to that through the campaign. And that is what makes something take off. That's what makes something a household name, you know, a hashtag, a household name. When you focus more on how the audience can become a part of it and less about what your role is in it. I really do believe when you're building a campaign, you as the host are creating the platform for the conversation and you're um, perhaps encouraging that conversation by creating the prompts, but you're not the person there saying, we know all Instead, you're the person there that says, wow, I really agree with you, so-and-so audience member, um, or you're promoting their efforts to get involved. And so that's really what I feel like a campaign, a good campaign that builds a community really focuses on. So um, how would you detail marketing from all three of the different uh, sectors that you've worked in as far as corporate, nonprofit, and then um, the entrepreneurial side now? I think the common trend walking into each of those different environments is really 
changing the mindset around what marketing can mean and what marketing can actually do. Um, a lot of people that I've worked with are really focused on um, paid marketing. And I think paid marketing is amazing to get the energy up and to get your stuff seen by more people. But when you're creating something that people are already wanting to be a part of, paid marketing is just kind of like an added benefit to it, but you can absolutely do it organically. And because I come from backgrounds where it is small business owners, it is um, nonprofits, there are budgets there that just don't account for ginormous ad spend budgets. And so I usually have to come in and re-explain the foundations of social media and exactly what you're trying to accomplish, aka our conversation around YouTube links on Facebook pages, and really teach through that conversation of here's exactly how each platform works. And then switching the concept to let's stop being so salesy and promotionally, if that's a word, promotion-y, and really more focused on how do we create engagement? How do we create conversation? Um, and one of the big things that entrepreneurs and businesses and nonprofits are really scared of is negative feedback. And I have been in the midst of negative feedback because we built campaigns where we're not just promoting all the time. And now there's a reason for people to comment. And when people comment, they have opinions. And one of the things that I've really focused on with the people that I work with is negative feedback is not always bad. Um, it's a really great opportunity for you to show the person that you are listening, that you care, that you hear them, and then either correct the information that they have. So perhaps they don't have the right information and you can provide them additional information that that shows them the right answer. Um, that could be just a misconception about what you do or a misconception about, you know, whatever it is. And then also the more you respond in a nice way and the more you validate their, ex you know, existence on your page, um, usually people will calm down after a while. They feel heard. And so I have run campaigns on accounts that started out with a lot of you know, negativity and frustration from audience members. And we've run campaigns where there has been absolutely no negative feedback during the entire course of the campaign and instead skyrocketed positive feedback and actually literally flipped public perception. And why? Because we're not there promoting ourselves. We're there creating the platform for other people to come in and provide that social proof of product or service or concept or awareness or whatever it may be. So that's another thing. When I come into companies or businesses, those are the, usually the first steps. One, explaining what marketing actually is and how to use those algorithms correctly. And two, working through the mindset of what marketing is and how to not fear negativity and other people's opinions and how to still be able to host the conversation and keep it positive while also really making an impact and changing lives. I love that. And, and I, I think you and I share a perspective on marketing in that its purpose is to be a, a change agent, right? And Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's what it's about. It's, you know, yeah we want things to be successful and to make 
revenue, of course. But at the end of the day, um, it, it should have a value. It should have a purpose behind it as well. Yeah, Mark Twain had a quote, um, and I'm going to misquote it, but it's it's definitely one of my favorites. And it says that there are two days of your life that are most important. And one of them is the day you're born. And the second one is the day you find out why. And I truly believe that, um, that we're not just one person and we can make an impact. And when you do build a business from a deep why you do build a business from a deep purpose and you do build a business where you're trying to provide value and help the world, not just, you know, who you're working with today, but you have a long-term goal to impact lives. I do believe that that is something that's really, really powerful. So do you feel like you do your best work when you're passionate about the purpose or when you actually vehemently um, disagree with the um, campaign or the the product or service or company brand, what have you? I think I do my best work because I'm aligned with values of my own business and I'm excited to wake up in the morning and to spread those values to other people um, and to really focus on being passionate about what I do and why I'm here doing it. And I think that really gets me excited. It's a deep why for me. It brings me back to my center when I feel like things aren't going right, or perhaps I had a low month and it keeps me moving forward. So I really do feel like alignment in your business and alignment with what you're doing is a huge factor in your success. And obviously in doing the right types of marketing. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I guess I felt it like both ways. Sometimes I feel like creatively working on a project that I don't like at all, it, it forces me to be really creative about the branding and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I'll I'll have a, there'll be like a negative effect because of that. Like, yeah, you use your talents for bad pretty much. And then, and then I, I feel best when it's like you're saying, when that alignment is, is, is present. Absolutely. You know, one of the big things that I've just morally learned over the years of being in business is I make sure that the client and my relationship is in alignment from the get go. Um, you know, I have had clients in front of me that are like, I went to your website and I found this package, this package, and this package, and I have the money in my hand today and I want to buy it right now. And I will get on a call with them and I will listen to their needs and where their business is at. And I will literally downsell. Like I will literally give them a package that is less than the money that they were willing to spend because it wasn't the right package for them. It wasn't going to help them get to the next level that they wanted to do. And actually this package over here was the correct option for them. I don't like to set my clients up for failure and I don't like doing work that I don't feel alignment with. And so I will any 
chance I get, I will absolutely give the client exactly what they need and what will set them up for success versus taking money for something that neither of us are fully in alignment with or that will set them up for failure. That's just not that's just not something that I believe in doing. Um, so that's something that really came into factor with this business. A lot of companies, again, they love the idea of going viral, but are you able to do that with the kind of company that you have right now? You know, are you able to really create this type of impact authentically? So it's something that I consider when I have inquiries, is this really the right fit for you? Is this really the right fit for your business? And will it come off authentic? Because I feel like, um, you know, the term upselling is so, like, miss, I, I think it's a point of mismanagement. And I think it's horrible for the brand because it, it's, to me, it's counterproductive. Because I think alignment will serve everyone better if you have a needs-based alignment. That's going to be the one where so you know where your work is cut out for you and what you actually have to focus on to build the brand for your client. And then eventually they will be able to grow into um, different packages and you can, you can elevate their status because of the results from, but starting from where you were instead of giving them things and that they don't need and aren't going to serve any purpose for them. Yeah, you know, I think that's really great with a lot of, you know, service-based industry business, um, you know, stuff that you and I do in marketing, where, you know, I, it's very common for me to have a client come to my to my call and be like, I really want to focus on this, this, and this. And I look at my packages and I'm like, that's not really what this package is. And so then we focus on a customized option that's in alignment with everybody. So I think that's really important in marketing. I disagree with the idea that, you know, every single business needs to run marketing a certain way. Every business works differently and every business has a different, um, you know, you can run one strategy on one business and it like skyrockets. And then you can run the same strategy on another business and it totally flops. You really have to take into consideration every aspect of the business and where they're at in their, um, in their social audience and engagement before you decide this is the best option for them. And that's really important. So it's really about getting to know Can your you say that again, Jenny, because that was like the gospel truth. Anyone <laughs> would disagree with that is a hack, like straight up. Yeah, it really is. It's so important. You've really got to get to know your business um, and customize those options for them. For example, I believe in Twitter chat. Twitter is an uh, is a social media platform that people really miss out on. But if you are a localized business, I've been on Twitter as a localized business and I've helped other people who have localized businesses on Twitter and it's just not the same impact. Why? Because the Twitter audience is so much more international or national based and broad and it's harder to drive lo- find that audience on Twitter that's really, really localized. It's a lot easier on Instagram. It's not localized based, it's niche based on Twitter. Right, it really, really is. So like I can build you a strategy, but if you're a local business, I'm not probably not going to include Twitter as part of it. But Twitter for another organization or another audience might help it go viral. Every time I've gone viral, it's been through Twitter. 
but that wouldn't work for a local business um, necessarily. I mean, maybe, but it's not the strategy, my go-to strategy for a localized company. So you really have to take those factors into play and you have to know enough about audience, audiences and niches and all that type of stuff to understand what's best going to work for that client. And um, so it's really not about making a sale. It's really about, can you actually help them? Can you help them in the way that they want to be helped? And are they authentic in building this type of strategy? And can you make it authentic? Definitely. Because like, okay, so I'm going to throw some businesses out there and you can give us some marketing strategies for them really quick. I like a, let's go with a car dealership. What social media platforms would you recommend for a car dealership? I think that one is probably more localized and specific. So you're probably looking at Facebook and you're looking at Instagram. Those would be probably the top two. One, because they're visual platforms and, you know, cars are something that's very, very visual. The strategy behind it would be focused a lot on emotion. Um, People buy cars for specific reasons, um, whether it be transportation or it's for show and flash. And, you know, it just depends on what type of car dealership it is, luxury or, um, you know, everyday practical. But those are two very you know, localized platforms um, with Instagram you and now Facebook, you have the opportunity to use stories, which are going to be where a lot of your engagement can come in and your everyday stuff and behind the scenes. Um, but also Facebook groups would be really valuable. Facebook groups for, you know, garage sales and yard sales, that type of stuff. Of course, you have to look at the rules, but that might be a really great place to promote. And you're also looking at local business groups on Facebook. So those are really awesome ways to get the word out. Um, So that would be a more localized strategy. Facebook lives, contests, um, come in and show me this post for this, you know, that type of thing. You're looking to push foot traffic through versus like, hey, I'm building international awareness for XYZ. You might be building localized community awareness for a local cause. What about for a plumbing business, let's say? So plumbing is probably a little bit more word of mouth and referral specific. So with that, you're really looking to build a marketing strategy that's based on encouraging other people to talk about you. Obviously, assuming you have a really great work ethic and your work is stellar and people are really happy with you, I would put together a referral or word of mouth program for your past clients. So perhaps every time they send somebody or refer somebody to you, they get some sort of compensation in some way, shape, or form. That would be how I would work it. I would use social media as well, but I would do it more as a reminder that you are there to provide a service, perhaps some behind the scenes stuff. Um, But I would really focus on networking relationships and word of mouth in that type of business. So which specific platform do you think would be or none of them really do you think would be conducive 
I would have a Facebook page specifically for search purposes. So when you have a Facebook page and you have an address associated with it, it's really easy to get found through Google search. I would also do the same thing for Instagram where you could use localized hashtags, which is really important there too. But I would focus having a social media presence, but I would really focus on using that program to focus on your referral programs. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I would maybe say having a YouTube channel could be beneficial if you recorded um, a few how-tos how-tos and stuff like yeah yeah i would i would really focus on that strategy on any of the platforms um either live or recorded through youtube or through like facebook videos um to really show that you know what you're doing position yourself as an expert and give your audience a little taste of what you can do and help them at home yeah and then do you think linkedin would be conducive creating a linkedin business page? I personally love LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is really, really, really important. Um, I wouldn't necessarily use it for like pitching purposes, but I would have a presence on LinkedIn. Um, Again, if only for search options. I mean, LinkedIn and Facebook pages are two of the easiest ways to get found through Google search. They're like at the top of the list. So having your name and your company listed and having a very professional and fully filled out LinkedIn for any business owner is so important just to get found. Absolutely. That, let's talk about LinkedIn for a moment. How, what have your experiences been like on LinkedIn and how have you seen it uh, change over the years? So LinkedIn is something that, you know, I've always been active on. I used it obviously a lot in college um, when I was looking for my first corporate job. Um, My first real dream corporate job I found on LinkedIn. So I've always been a LinkedIn advocate. And I think there's a common misconception with LinkedIn. And I I did used to teach courses on LinkedIn um, because I found so much value in it and was getting so many leads through LinkedIn for my companies. Um, And one of the big things is that the misconception is that you use LinkedIn because you're in corporate settings and you are looking for a job or you want to network with people in the hopes that eventually you get a job. And yes, that is a great reason to use LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is also a very big toolkit for personal branding. And so a lot of the, the pushback I get is, well, Jenny, I'm an entrepreneur, but I also work full-time for blah, 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 blah company. So I can't use LinkedIn for my business. And I disagree. I used LinkedIn on the back end. I built those relationships through networking. I built those relationships through Messenger. I would comment on other people's content and built relationships that way. And that's where my leads would come in for my company. Very rarely did I actually post about my business. But on the back end, I was working really hard to network and build relationships. And that's 
honestly, by the end of it, because I became very well known in the industry that I used to work in, um, I didn't have to do a lot of that work after a while. Eventually, I started getting people finding me because of the way my profile was built, the search engine optimization of it, the ease of finding me. I would show up in hundreds of search results a week. And the people would reach out to me asking for more information about what I did. I think LinkedIn is one of the most underrated marketing tools. And every entrepreneur, it would benefit them for search purposes on Google to have a fully filled out professional account and to really use it for the right reasons of what LinkedIn is. It is not to message somebody and ask them to sign up for your freebie or to message somebody and ask them to buy your course or whatever it is. It really is to build relationships, to jump on calls, to get those referral partners, to build people that could be collaboration partners or um, people that could join in your live interview series or whatever it is. I've used it a lot for podcasts um, to, to network with podcast hosts. It's where half of the campaign experts that are coming in came from. I built relationships with them on LinkedIn and invited them into the campaign. So it's a great way for you to meet other people, network, build your community, and um, really just genuinely give back with value. I love that. Um, and just so you guys know, Jenny has agreed to uh, help me with my LinkedIn. <laughs> because yeah. it's it's definitely a weak point that I have. So um, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking with you. We're, we're going to work on this together. Yes, we are. I'm looking forward to it. But um, so you kind of told me that maybe apart from LinkedIn, that Twitter is your favorite social media platform. I really do believe it is for certain businesses. Um, it's one of my favorites because just like LinkedIn, most of the friendships that I've made in this industry are on Twitter, um, especially marketing people and service-based people and bloggers um, and influencers. That's really the community that's on Twitter. And I love that because, um, you know, it's, it's another one of those underrated platforms where people are like, oh, Twitter is dead. No, it's not. No, I, it's not. No, it's not. Um, so the main reason that I use Twitter... It's just so different. It has completely different algorithms than Facebook and Instagram. Definitely. And people confuse those. Yeah, they really use it wrong. You know, again, a lot of people who don't find success on Twitter are because they're using Twitter to promote themselves. Again, social media is social for a reason. That's why they're taking away the likes because they want you to be social. So people who don't find success on Twitter are often broadcasting their own content and not actually forming relationships or engaging. And so that's the mistake. That's why you don't find a lot of value from Twitter. When you put a lot of effort into Twitter and you actually build relationships, it's really cool. Again, like I mentioned earlier, every time I've gone viral, it's been from Twitter. So um, it's a really cool platform. And the reason I use it is because of Twitter chats. And I that I am hosting next month. We will be having a Twitter chat. So with Twitter, hashtags are vital. So you build 
a hashtag or you search a very specific hashtag and there are people that host conversations around those hashtags um, in all sorts of different industries and they are scheduled every single week. This is, you know, a Twitter chat that's happening at this particular time and you jump in and a host asks a question and the audience that's participating in the chat all answers and it's your way of giving value, your opinion, your resources, your expertise, your thoughts, your experiences. And it's how you build other relationships on Twitter. And it's really cool. Um, there's one, I'm actually interviewing one of the hosts. There's one for domestic violence and abuse. Um, there's a Twitter chat every week for that. There are Twitter chats for small business owners. There are Twitter chats for marketing professionals. There's Twitter chats for bloggers. There's Twitter chats for everything. It's so unique and different. And there are people on Twitter who every single day will post a list of what is going on in the Twitter world chat that day and the times that they are going live. And it's really cool to get involved with. It's a great way to build communities. It's a great way to meet other people. And again, I've met people through that and they have become partners in my campaigns. So it's similar to LinkedIn and the fact that it's all about networking and building relationships and engaging with people and providing that value. Do you think um, that I should market the podcast on LinkedIn? Do you think that would be a good outlet? Podcasts are very popular on LinkedIn. I follow a lot of podcast hosts. That's where they broadcast a lot of their um there's their new episodes. It's where they gather guests for it. Um, and it's also where they provide value about what they do. So I do see a lot of podcasts using LinkedIn. I think it's a really great avenue. Again, you're leading with the networking piece and not your self-promotion. And that's true across any social media platform. Right. So the leading with networking is the takeaway on how to master social media and LinkedIn especially that's really big for LinkedIn and data people data understand the algorithms oh yeah you really have to understand what platform you're on and you know the algorithms are changing every few months so it's uh they're they're changing every three to six months at this point yeah, I mean it's really important to your marketing um your marketing concepts don't necessarily change. It's video, it's hashtags, it's um providing really great content, it's storytelling. Those are like the trends that are in modern day marketing. But how you do that according to algorithms may change. It may be that you need to go live instead of uploading a recorded video. It may be that you need to um do an Instagram story instead of doing a content post. It's just how people are consuming this information with the algorithm changes. That's just the stuff. You need to constantly be trying new things. I always say for the people that say like, well, that platform didn't work for me. And I always question back, were you using it correctly? Did you actually give it a solid go before you gave up on it? Um, because I have been across almost every single social media platform that there is. And I think they're all great in their own unique ways. It's just, does your business have content that matches that outlet? Um, and can you get value from it? And can you provide value on it? So it's really more of, well, what is your business? And, you know, what are you focused on? And what are your goals? But every platform is great in their own unique way. 
It's just whether or not it's appropriate for your business. Exactly. And then again, how you're utilizing it as well. Absolutely. Strategies you're implementing. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Anchor is giving us some difficulty, Jenny, as you know, but I have two more questions before we wrap up today. Awesome. Okay. Do you have any questions for me? Because I've been asking you a ton today. <laughs> I think it's I think it's really cool. Um, we talked, so for everybody who's listening, we talked for a while last week and I learned some really cool things about um, your host here um, and his expertise in marketing. I'd love to hear um, if you have tried any of the strategies that I've talked about today. Have you um, ever done online campaign marketing or have you ever um, done a focus on online events? I have not done it with, no. So in terms of online events, definitely not. Um, To be honest, I, about, what was it, two two years ago, two or three years ago now, maybe, I kind of gave up on social media. Like, I hit a mental wall with it and just became sick of it. And so I stopped studying it, right? But when I say I stopped studying it, that means I stopped, like, obsessing over it. So, um, because I have, you know, obsessive tendencies when it comes to research and data and all those things. So when I kind of came back to it, I I still saw things, but I would only read one article. I wasn't going down rabbit holes anymore, Um, which is a big difference because of just how, like we were talking about earlier, these algorithms are changing so rapidly and they're changing quickly and they're changing significantly as well. It's not like, it's just a minor adjustment here. These are major changes we're talking about and how all of these things are coming down the pipeline and all of the different um, social media platforms. So I never really took to Twitter, didn't really invest into it that much. Um, I recently, I've only had my Instagram for two to three years, really haven't put into it what I what I should I've I've I'm just now I would before I was focusing just on the work and not so much on marketing I really have gotten away from um, my marketing roots um, but the plan is focus on the content now so getting wrapping up season one with 50 episodes and then focusing on the marketing aspect of it so I'm really looking forward to um, that phase of the process because it'll give me a time to have like a rejuvenation in terms of marketing and getting back to something that I, I love. I, I do have a passion for it. This is my background. This is how, you know, I, you know, came up in the business world. So I, I, I definitely want to um, get back to it and explore what's going on now and, 
I'm I'm really ready to learn and um, just experience some some new things and have some new uh, creative ideas that I can implement as well. And so I'll definitely be bugging you these upcoming. <laughs> That's awesome. All really great goals. And I believe in what you're doing. And I think this is, um, it's so exciting to be a part of it, especially at the closer to the beginning piece. It's exciting. Yes, yes, definitely. And then, um, yeah, I have some, I know I talked to you about a couple of things that we haven't announced yet on the podcast but well I'll just say it here guys it's coming we'll just say it here <laughs> well what else oh well I'll I'll tie it into this this part of it we'll give breaking news so Jenny what are your thoughts on masterminds I have been in a lot I've been in a few um actually very recently, I've been in just a couple, even just this year. Um, I really enjoy them. I think they're really great for meeting new people, gaining um, great collaboration partners down the road. I think it's great to learn from other people. Um, As you know, and I, you know, I've been open about like, I'm a marketing professional, but I still hire coaches. I hire coaches when I don't have the money to hire coaches because I think they're so important. And Getting in a mastermind, it's basically like being a part of a community of a lot of different people who are running businesses. They're often at very similar places to where you are in your business and you can support each other as well as learn from each other. And I've been honest with you. I get very tunnel visioned in my marketing strategy and I'm like, wait, I need a different perspective. And that's where I look to these masterminds and be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I've got this, 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 and this planned out. And they'll be like, wait, I think you should do it this way. Or I think this would be a really great addition. And I'm like, oh, I never even thought of that. But I've got this group of people that I can really um, gain support from and new ideas from. And I do like masterminds for that reason. So I'm going to put together a mastermind. That's what I was talking with Jenny about. That's one of the things. Breaking news, guys. Breaking, breaking news. news. Get in on this. Breaking news on the podcast. So, um, also breaking news. Uh, we're going to put out a little compilation project, uh, a playlist of the uh, songs that the uh, guests send in. So, I'll do that. Jenny didn't even know about that. I just thought <laughs> it over the weekend. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. So. Jenny, we need your songs. I got you. <laughs> awesome. That's so many cool things coming. And I'm so glad I got to come on today and chat with you guys and meet you. Um, I hope you all reach out. Yes, definitely. We um, Come October, we have to support this ca- uh, campaign. And yeah, um, Jenny's the real deal. Um I have a really, one of my skill sets is identifying talent, but also having a, a, a spirit of discernment about people. Um, and so, like, I don't like fake energy around me. And she's the antithesis of that. Uh, she's just a real genuine person. And a lot of times in marketing, it's rare to find people because as marketers, you're so good at presenting things. 
you know, in a certain way, in a certain context. So you don't actually always have to be aligned with what you're presenting. And some people's values are different and that's not the case with Jenny. So it's good to have someone principled and, you know, that you can talk marketing with. So. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I really feel the same about the work you're doing and I'm really excited to see where you take it over the next few months. I'm excited to hear more about this mastermind and let me know how I can help spread the word to my audience as well. I'm so excited that I got to come on today and chat with you guys. This has been really, really fun. Um, If you want to continue the conversation, learn more about um, domestic violence campaigns that I run or any sort of awareness effort, I love learning about the causes that you all care about. Um, Whenever that may be, I hear some really cool ones on a daily basis. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please educate me because that's something I didn't even know about. So I love hearing from you. So if you feel like telling me what causes you love or what advocacy efforts you're involved in business or otherwise, um, you guys can find me on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, it's Jenny Hale, J-E-N-N-Y-H-A-L-E. And the URL is results in a month. And you can find my website at jhmarketingresults.com. So I'm excited to hear about what you guys care about. And if you relate to any of the trauma, abuse, or domestic violence stuff that we've talked about, feel free to contact me for more information about the campaign. Absolutely. And final question to you, Jenny. Would you be open to coming back on the podcast? Of course. Yes, of course. Absolutely. So many more questions. And you guys are excited about the episode. I'm excited to talk to Jenny off camera. So, <laughs> just shows you what a great guest she is. What a great person. So Aww, I can't wait. We'll be chatting soon. Okay. Well, this is another episode of the Trep Life podcast. As we're still freestyling and exploring intros and outros. We do wish you peace and prosperity on your journey. Talk to you next time. Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens, so prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, Support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship empowerment and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens. Prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. Writing reviews, blogging, and vlogging are other ways you can show love to our Trep Life podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace 
and vision on your journey.